you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from the ChrisVossShow.com. The ChrisVossShow.com. Welcome to the big show, my family and friends. We certainly appreciate you guys being here. The family that loves you but doesn't judge you, at least as not as harshly as your mother-in-law or your mom. Both of them. They're kind of in cahoots together because they want you to improve and clean up your room. So do it now, damn it, and take out the garbage. Uh, thanks for tuning in, folks. We always appreciate you. As always, you always have family at the Chris Voss Show. So if you ever feel like you're alone in the world and the world hates you, it does, but the Chris Voss Show doesn't. So there's always that family there. And there's a plethora of brilliant minds and uh, brilliant guests that we have on the show for 15 years now, two to three times a day, a weekday, I should say. Uh, the lawyers made me correct that. Uh, 10 to 15. I can't feel my legs anymore, so I don't know what I say half the time anyway. Uh, thank God for lawyers or not uh 10 to 15 episodes a week there's so much content that you can never be alone is what i'm trying to say so even though the world hates you the chris foss show doesn't so that you got that to work on you know run with it baby you go uh we have an amazing gentleman on the show and he's gonna be talking about his life journey how he helps people how he mends the world how he improves the quality of life and makes everything better and how maybe he can help you too as well uh we have a gentleman kirk Carly on the on the show. Do I have that to pronounce correct, Kirk? Well done, Chris. There you go. Wanted to make sure I forgot to get that clarified at the beginning of the show. So now we know for sure, but it's good to be sure. Uh, he is the seed sower coach, and he joins us on the show to talk to us about all the stuff he's learned, how he coaches and helps people, and everything that he does. He has over 30 years of executive leadership experience in both public and private sector environments the seed sower coach has a solid reputation for fostering individual growth and development beyond the client's expectation uh, he's enthusiastic while also contemplative determined yet relaxed his passion as a coach is to help clients celebrate self-confidence and achieve full god-given potential he's a graduate of the university of north texas and kirk is certified and accredited professional coach as well as a professional in human resources and shrmp-cp certified i believe that uh, means that he can burp babies fully I'm not sure. He'll he'll tell us what that means. Uh, he also, I just made that up. He is also a production assistant for both college football and basketball for ESPN and leads group cycling classes as a certified spinning instructor. He has been married to his wife, Cindy, for 43 years, has two children and six grandchildren. I'm surprised he doesn't have great-grandchildren at this point, but give him time. And they make their home in Florida with a rescue dog, Ivy. Welcome to the show. How are you, sir? I am well, Chris. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming as well. Uh, you know, you should be a relationship coach. 43 years uh, uh, marriage. I mean, you should be a marriage coach, dude. Probably some good as, advice there. As I told you before we came on, I had the wherewithal to outkick my coverage and married up. 
and she is an amazing girl. This is going to be a show with a lot of ESPN terms, isn't it? Uh, it is. Uh, there's your first one. No added charge. <laughs> there you go. Do I have to? Uh, do I have to pay a licensing fee to ESPN for this? I don't know. We'll check with the attorneys. So give us your .com so people can find you on the interwebs, please. I am the SeedSowerCoach.com. Simple enough. And based, as you said, in uh, in Florida, Northwest Florida, we were fortunate yesterday. The oh. uh, hurricane escaped us. It was to the east, but we got a nice downpour of 3.6 inches, so the grass looks lush and green outside my yard. Yeah, that was crazy. That, that was like a 1 in 90 years or 160 years or first ever or something. A lot of weird stuff going on with the environment lately. It has been, and the Big Bend just doesn't get that. It had been, as you said, like 90 years and worked its way yeah. uh, out through Georgia and South Carolina. And I'm seeing spaghetti models now, whatever they are, that indicate there's a possibility it may curb its way back into Florida. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, maybe it's like a, uh, maybe it's like a, I don't know. Is there a lot of ragu sauce going around there to kick off a ragu uh, thing, spaghetti deal? Maybe a nice, maybe a nice Alfredo. There you go. There you go. Or yep. vodka sauce. That's my favorite. Vodka sauce. Especially yep. if the vodka's in it. Uh, there right. you go. So uh, give us a 30,000 overview of what you do. What is the uh, what is the moniker that you use that's uh, so interesting? The Seed Sower Coach. That's a play off of a couple of different things. First of all, scripture from the Gospel of Luke. And mm -hmm. that's what a coach attempts to do is plant seeds, cultivate them, allow them to grow and flourish into something that's better than it was when that kernel was put into the ground. Oh. I use that metaphor also because I'm an avid gardener facing the challenges of gardening amidst salt air and hurricanes uh, here in Florida. I still had a tremendous uh, sprouting of green beans, squash and herbs this past year. So that's how the name came into being. And what I specifically focus on is executive and career coaching. But as I tell my clients, life always intersects both of those. Doesn't it though? Doesn't it though? I love the concept of the seed sower and, and basically use that in your uh, life coaching, your career coaching, transition and specialty groups, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so what, uh, who are your clients and, and what type of person are you usually looking for to help uh, succeed? I'll tell you what my aim is, and then I'll translate that into the reality. My aim is people like me who are late in career, maybe a little bit younger than me now. And I'm trying to find that capstone achievement or opportunity in whatever it is that I do, or I'm ready to employ my dream, what I've always thought of doing, but for whatever reason, I haven't had the opportunity to do that just yet. I also work with younger people who are not fresh out of school, let's say, but have been in the workforce for three, four, five years. Okay, I've seen this. This really isn't the answer. What do I do next? Now, mm -hmm. what do I end up in, re in reality? A little bit of that, but all points in between as well. I have people that are trying to figure out how can I have a greater leadership or executive presence? How can I communicate more effectively? Uh, even on the career pathway, I'll have some that will say, 
I've got everything I want in my career, Kirk. Now I'm looking for romance. I'm looking for relationship or <laughs> bettering relationship. And I get into a little bit of Dear Abby with that at times. There you go. There you go. So uh, tell us your story. How did you, uh, you know, how did you grow up and what shaped you and kind of molded you that got you down this road? I'm a native Texan and uh, early on in my life took an interest in athletics and sports. But really the statistical element of that, and I'll get that into that in a minute when we talk about ESPN, mm -hmm. went to school, uh, joined a fraternity, which was a really important turning point in my life because I connected with the people I would later work with, with ESPN, but also I became the rush chairman for the fraternity and I decided, hey, I enjoy recruitment. So out of school, what do I do? I go into human resource management and oh. I do that basically for the next 35 years. Well, I'm in my mid to late fifties by that point in time. This has been a pretty good career. I give it a B plus and A minus. I, uh, it, it wasn't the best thing since sliced bread, but it's been pretty good. What am I going to do next to reach my dream and my capstone opportunity? So I was thinking of several different things, but I made the decision to hire a life coach myself oh. and about, about three meetings into it, I looked him in the eye, pointed my finger at him and I said, I want to do what you do. Hmm. So at the age of 56, I went back to school. How do I become a coach like my coach was? I did that. Uh, I persevered some storms uh, the last couple of years in the job that I was working in. It was a real test on on, on my ethics, but I survived that. We had a dream, my wife and I, to get down here to Northwest Florida. We were in St. Louis at the time, mm. and so many people in St. Louis, they discover Florida. The Midwesterners, they move here, so that's what we did, and hung out the shingle in 2016-17 uh, and began the Seed Sower Coach. This is my seventh year of doing that, and that was kind of the foundation uh, for how I got to where I am now. There you go. Do you miss the barbecue in St. Louis? I miss a little bit of it, but I miss going through Memphis to get uh, oh, some of the barbecue that's there. I love yeah. the interstate barbecue that's off the side of the road. So oh, man. Uh, that and KC were wonderful. I will say this, uh, those, of my, uh, those of you, who, my friends are in St. Louis, I miss the uh, toasted ravioli the Ted Drew's frozen custard and the St. Louis Cardinals, but not so much this year. There you go. <laughs> I'm, I miss Arthur Bryant's in Kansas city. That's uh that's uh, one of my favorite burn ends place to go. Um, so you, you end up going out of Florida. What, what was it when you had that moment with your coach, what was it that you found really drew you to want to be a coach? What was the light for you that turned on and went, I really want to do this. Great question. I was thinking about going into therapy. I was thinking I needed therapy at that time, but <laughs> thinking about going into therapy as a potential uh, vocation, I thought about uh, teaching. I even thought about uh, faith-based ministry, but I took an accounting of what have I done to this part, to, the, to this point in my life and what's a natural transition. And towards the tail end of my HR career, 
I was doing less and less of let's write a policy, let's go out and deal with employee relations, let's look at our compensation and benefit plan. And it became more of people approaching me and saying, Kirk, I'm lost with where I'm going. I'm not getting the traction in my career that I would like. What do I do? How do I market and sell myself? So noting that and noting so much of what coaching involves, it created a natural transition for me and incorporated so many of those same elements of the potential careers that I was going to pursue anyway. So it was a sweet spot for me. And I was just intrigued with my coach's technique and what he was doing and what he did for me. So do you, do you find that you're attracted to helping other people? It sounds like that's the impression I'm getting. I am. And what I find myself doing more and more is listening. I've got two ears, one mouth and quieting myself and taking joy in asking good questions. There you go. Good questions are the key to a great life. Uh, I think Anthony, Anthony Robbins wrote a book on that um, uh, years ago, and I remember reading it, and the power of questions. And it's great for thinking out of the box, you know, seeing things that you, you know you don't know you don't know, um, seeing pastoriskotomas and maybe understanding or being self-reflective and more self-aware of things. Um, what do you, what do you find their topics? Most people are, are helping with, or do you have an example of, of someone you helped recently that uh, you, you help them uh, do a breakthrough? I had a uh, client I was working with last year and into earlier this year. And we had about uh, 14, 15 meetings, but what was so enjoyable for me and just I was doing cartwheels over it is I saw a growth each time we met. This was a client that began with kind of playing their cards close to the vest, not sharing a whole lot about who she really is. And that is some information I needed to help her with. How am I going to market? How am I going to sell myself into the workforce? She grew each time. I learned more about what made her tick, what her passions were, how she differentiated herself from others, what made her unique. I started to learn about her family, about uh, her kids that she had, about what it is she desired, and the self-confidence in her just grew each time. And now these days, I follow her on Facebook. She's putting all kinds of things out there about not only her professional life, but her personal life. And this is an interesting person that you want to get to know. And I just felt so much reward and gratification from that experience. There you go. Everyone's a brand now. And so you kind of have to build yourself out there. It's like a LinkedIn and different things and, and let the world know who you are, what you're like your professional aspects are and some of the things that hopefully you think if it's not, you know, too out there, uh, you know, you probably don't want to, you know, start walking around. Like I always, we always do a callback joke about how the earth isn't flat. It's square on the show. Um, and, uh, in fact, we just had a NASA guy on and I was telling the jokes about the, I'm like, everyone knows the world's square. It's not round. And, uh, so we're having a laugh over that, but, uh, you know, so don't, don't as long as you're not putting that on Facebook. I mean, although you can, there seems a lot of people putting weird stuff on Facebook. But you know, it's 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 interesting how 
you know, you can share the world. And when you share with the world, you know, even some of the challenges, you know, or stories like we tell on the show, um, they're kind of like the little life manual to life. And, uh, you know, I've shared moments of my life where I maybe didn't want to share them that were uh, painful or intimate, like, you know, my dogs died and, and the pain that I was feeling over it. And, and I found that was interesting is when I share with other people, I found I wasn't alone. And um, it helped some other people. I had some friends say, wow, what you wrote, you know, maybe you realize I hadn't did any kind of closure with a parent or my dog or whatever. And, and, and so sometimes, you know, sharing stuff, you know, like she did makes it so that we kind of realize we're not alone in this journey and struggle and stuff. And everyone's kind of struggling with maybe a little bit of what they are. And sometimes if you share, you help other people. You're absolutely right. And a client will express things like that, that is hurt or an unresolved issue. Mm-hmm. And a coach will ask from an accountability standpoint, what do you sense you need to do about this? And mm-hmm. when do you want to do that by, and what are you going to say? So there's the accountability of somebody is there watching me to see if I'm really going to jump out of that airplane and if the parachute is going to hold me and it will. And the relief and the satisfaction that comes from a client when they have executed what they know they need to do, it opens up so many other different parameters of their life and, and sometimes career as well. There you go. What's the difference between coaching and counseling? Because sometimes, you know, people aren't sure, you know, what's, what is the difference? That's a good question. And I use the metaphor of Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky, mm-hmm. the great Gretzky. He intuitively knew where the puck was going to be when he was on the ice. And he skated to that. I believe with each of my clients, they also have the capability of identifying where their puck is, where their ball is, whatever it is they want. It's just somebody needs to ask them the question to draw that out of them. So it's looking into a future state. Counseling uh, differentiates from that. And by the way, counselors and therapists do a wonderful job. I wasn't joking. I've had some opportunities to uh, get some counseling in my life when I've hit some rocky moments, and it has been well worth the investment. But a lot of that is based on uh, past behavior. What was your family of origin like? What were the traits and behaviors that you picked up at that point in time? So it's a lot of reflection and then applying that reflection for where you want to get to. Coaching differs in that we're not so reflective, but we're future-oriented. Where do you want to go from this point in time now? And we have to be very careful because if a client comes to me and says, I'm dealing with some deep hurt at this point or struggling with some addictive tendencies, we need if we're a good coach, we need to be able to recognize this may be better worked out with a clinical psychologist or a counselor, and we work on a referral there. So I work mm-hmm. in concert. In some instances, a client will have both me and a counselor that, that they're working on for different things. And it's interesting how we typically parallel the approach that we're taking with that client. There you go. Uh, what have you learned about yourself through coaching others? There's an old saying that the teacher sometimes learns more than the student. 
Oh, and without question, I have learned more in this last six or seven years, it feels like, than all the many years dating back to maybe when I was two or three years old, when they say you've captured about 90% of everything you're going to know by that point in time. Mm -hmm. I've learned self-confidence, the confidence to apply my curiosity and to not feel so limited in asking questions in mm -hmm. having that quest for wanting to learn more. I've learned that when you talk to an audience of people, such as we're doing now, I used to have a lot of trepidation with that, but Chris, it's just you and me talking now. And there's some other people that are listening into our conversation. And I hope that they're enjoying that. So consequently, I don't have any um, hesitancy with talking in front of groups because I look at it as it's one-on-one. -on -one. So confidence and talking with groups and asking good, deep, and probing questions because I'm curious. There you go. Well, somebody in our audience is enjoying the message, so there you go. Uh, people are people are out there going, hey, this is awesome. So, uh, And, you know, it's it's uh, once again, it comes back to the thing about not being alone. So you do life coaching. You do career coaching. Uh, what do you find most people are struggling with in the business world nowadays in careers? COVID was a watershed moment uh, for many people. For me, it was when my business really took off because in 2020, a lot of people thrown for a loop. What do we do now? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like uh, William H. Macy in Pleasantville and the world goes into color. What do we do now? We dealt mm -hmm. with a black and white uh, environment. So it was coming up with solutions for that is what people were seeking. That's why they sought my counsel. We still deal somewhat in the aftermath of that. I like this remote work idea, but I'm missing the interpersonal connection. How do we have a healthy and effective blend of that? So I'm hearing a lot of that. How can I be an effective leader in a remote environment? How do I supervise and measure performance when I'm not watching people physically day in and day out, there's elements of confidence. There's elements of trust, elements of faith that kick into that as well. And I guess the big uh, question on that comes into how should my services be valued? Am I being compensated for what I'm worth? And if I'm not, how do I sell? How do I market myself in the most effective way? So, those are a few of the more profound things I'm hearing from clients in, in the work environment. There you go. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tough world out there when you're looking for a job and you're trying to stick out from other people. And, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of this. I think we had a recruiter on recently who talked about how you need to build yourself out on, on social media to kind of build your own brand. Even if you work for a company you're happy with now and make it so that, uh, you know, uh, recruiters or, or companies can see your brand and, and go, Hey, this, uh, you know, looks like somebody we should have on board. He speaks about his expertise and everything else. Uh, one thing you did touch on is faith. And I know faith is important to you. Uh, how does your role with faith play into what you do? I come into relationships, faith neutral, uh, people that 
get to know me, they will learn about my faith potentially or not if it enters in to where we have an intersection uh, in our life. Uh, I give a very interesting example. Um, I'm a Christ follower. I had a client who was in the Middle East who was Muslim. And there was an element of him during our interaction that was seeking and that was searching. So mm -hmm. one of the things I want to be very careful with, I don't want to alienate this guy. I want to be a vessel of what Christ would, I think, want me to be. So rather than cast judgment, it was listening. Tell me more about your faith, why it's important to you, what you're seeking that's within your faith. We were able to establish a relationship. Uh, it was not one of where I need to make him something else, but I want to be a positive vessel so that his takeaway is, hey, I dealt with this Christian guy he was okay. I felt respected. And I in turn felt respected from him. We had a relationship. I grew as a result of it. There you go. Uh, you know, and that's important. I mean, everyone's got like different belief systems they have, but it, it always seems like in, you know, aside from that, people struggle with the same sort of things in life, you know, job, careers, life, marriages, relationships, uh, and all those things. And those seem to be you know, I guess no matter what faith you believe in, you know, you can still have problems. Like, I can't get enough right swipes on me on Tinder. So uh, there's that. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, I'm still working on it. Uh, so uh, what, tell us about what you do for ESPN. This is interesting. I've had the uh, pleasure of working for ESPN now for some 28 seasons. Before mm -hmm. that, I worked with the... Uh, organization out of Charlotte called Raycom. And before this age of conference realignments in Texas, where I was at the time and native Texan, uh, we had this thing called the Southwest Conference. And it was all Texas teams, except for Arkansas for a little while that was playing in that. So that conference disbanded 1995. What are we going to do now? ESPN launched this new network called ESPN2, and the person I was assisting moved over there, and we were the first team on that new network. And that seems funny, talking back uh, to 1996, that ESPN has two networks, because now we've got ESPN Desportes, ESPN Radio, ESPN2, ESPNU, Classic, it goes on and on and on but it was still in its infancy at that point in time. So my entry into it was via a college roommate who was a broadcast communications major, and he needed a statistician to help him with college football and basketball. So that's how I got on that bus in 1989. He has since moved on to other things. I've continued, and this is going to be my 35th season upcoming and starting uh, Saturday. Uh, for college football, and then we'll go into basketball, baseball, softball, other sports as well. There you go. Yeah, it's sports and ESPN, man. It's uh, is is crazy. All the different sports they have out there. There's even new sports now. I'm seeing the, I'm seeing something with vegan uh, horse riding in <laughs> Sweden. You see those videos, and the gals are just running around hobby horses, sticks, uh, uh, doing the thing. So you know, there's all sorts of new sports. Uh, 
And it's, uh, it's like when you and me were kids, let's yeah. invent a game. And so we've got tag, which is a sport, and people get paid for it now. Yeah. Pickleball, uh, it goes on and on. So it's yeah. like uh, the world of make believe has come to reality. There you go. I'm still waiting for drinking games to make it into the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I don't know. You watch the State of Union drink every time someone says, uh, I don't know, more jobs or, you know, whatever. Uh, or, you, I don't know, you watch, uh, I mean, I guess Tom Brady isn't playing anymore, so you can't watch every time he drink every time he does a touchdown and uh, end up in the hospital with alcohol stuff, uh, poisoning. Um, but, yeah. I, it's uh you know it, it, i mean at one point i think isn't there like an esp20 or something is there it seemed like you guys had so many channels there you couldn't even watch them all basically i think there's an espn bet now that is a betting network you can examine is the lines really? yeah wow. so that is one of the significant changes that has taken place is yeah. used to you didn't talk about las vegas that's kind of come sure. more into the mainstream now it really has with the with some of those sports uh, betting things. I remember, you know, I lived in Vegas for twenty years, and you know, the NFL was always and basketball was like, we're not going there. You guys are betting, and we'll get you know some somebody will pull a whole Michael Jordan on us, and you know that'll be bad or Pete Rose or whatever. And uh, you know, uh, and and now it's like you know we got the Raiders there, which is great for me because I love the Raiders. Um, I don't know why at this point, but. I, I must like losing, but uh, it beats being a Bills fan at this point. Uh, so there you go, or a Browns fan. Sorry, it's wrong. They've shit. got they've got cool helmets. I mean, the skull they do. And crossbone. Why yeah. can't you? What, what what's not to like? Yeah, yeah, and they're they're like pirates, and they still play like it's the seventies, which is probably why we're here. But uh, they have a cool new stadium as well, so they got that going for them. And uh, I don't know, strippers in Vegas. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now if we just win like three games a season that's all i ask man it's, it's like too much to do well, so uh, they're gonna they, they get major league baseball next the a's are gonna uh relocate so. are they gonna really yeah and we're just stealing everything from oakland at this point that seems not yeah, fair or oakland yeah it's almost like my childhood is just being moved around like i grew up you know in, in la where there was the rams la rams and then the and the raiders and then now the, the rams are back there and you know Raiders are following me around, so I don't know. It's it's kind of it's everything's old, it's new again, and everyone in San Diego just got screwed to hell by the Chargers. So there you go. Um, uh, and 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 uh, I was in St. Louis before here, so we lost the Rams back oh, to right. Los Angeles, yeah. and that left our community very bitter, but also somewhat wealthy from the settlement that came from that. Oh, there you go, there you go. Well, you guys didn't really have the Rams. It was that they were on loan from LA. I so guess so. Yeah. Kind of like kind of like Trans World Airlines. Yeah, yeah, basically, you know. Uh, so, uh you know, you do a number of things and that's why I bring this up. Now, you're also into spin classes, I believe. Is that correct? Spin yes, classes? I get I get I get paid money to yell at people on bikes in really? uh in 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 uh in, in in their little bike shorts and clips and things like that. See, I've been doing so, this for free down at the park on Saturdays. Oh, it's uh it's wonderful. So I've been teaching spinning classes for for fifteen years, and how I got into that, I was <clears throat> a participant, and so I had a, a person that was riding next to me. Bob. Bob was seventy five at the time. It's always Bob. It, it's Bob. It's, it's kind of like. Hi, Bob was a drinking game for the Newhart show, by the way, speaking of drinking <laughs> games. Really? 
you, you guzzled every time they said, hi, Bob. Anyway, uh-huh. not to digress, but this Bob said, Kirk, you and I ought to go teach classes. And so a 70-something-year-old guy, I'm not going to turn him down. So we did. I'm still teaching. Bob's still teaching at 90-something. Wow. That's that's the beautiful part about teaching. And, of course, authoring books, too. You can write until you're old. Uh, and, uh, you know, you don't. You know, the body gives out, and the brain hopefully will still keep working. Um, you know, that or you, if you, your writing is going to look uh, really cool if, you're, if your brain's not working anymore. People are going to be like, this is amazing comedy. Um, which I think describes my book. Uh, so there you go. Uh, and so combining all these different things you do, being a, a person who's a uh, multi-versed, uh, multitasker of different careers and, and interests, how does it help you with uh, your coaching and, and advising other clients? I'm the elder member of the gig economy. So ah. I'm kind of, Kind of like in the proposal when you saw Oscar would uh, would marry um, uh, with Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock, and he was also now I don't do stripping like he did, but he was always there, um, mm. and so I'm kind of always there in a lot of different venues, but they all, in an interesting sort of way, play off of each other. The listening part of it when I'm working football listening to what my broadcaster is saying, what information can I offer at this point in time to spice up this interaction between himself or herself and the color analyst that's there? Is there some statistical data that I can interject into that? Mm -hmm. In coaching, a client is at an intersection. I'm thinking about my next career move. What's it going to be? What thought have you given to using your skill as an attorney and also maybe your side uh, gig as a potter to blend those together. It seems like an odd combination, but sometimes thinking of things that seem totally unrelated, they blend together. And he thinks about, well, in the process of displaying my pottery, I can always talk to pe- also talk to people about potential liabilities that may mm. exist. Of course, spinning instruction, that's coaching right there. And then encouraging people saying, you can do this, visualize in the spinning class that you're climbing a hill, that you're sprinting in the Tour de France. What does the weather feel like? Creating those kinds of sensations and elements. So they all intersect with each other in some way, in many ways. There you go. Do you yell at people in coaching like you do in the spin class? No, I'm nice in coaching and spinning. Uh, that's my Hyde uh, persona that comes into play. There you go. You're Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Is that that's what right. reference is there? That's there right. you go. <laughs> you got to love it. So how do people reach out to you, work with you, see if you're a good fit, uh, on board with you, et cetera, et cetera? What kind of people are a good fit for you in working with you? people that want to get to a state of better, however mm. it is they define better. I want uh, a better employment situation. I want better enjoyment in what I'm doing at work. I'm looking for bettering my communication, my relationships. So motivation, um, 
a seeker generally works well. Um, mm -hmm. Looking for someone who has a real desire to get to uh, another place. I describe the coaching journey as being kind of like a hiking trip in some ways. We're going to go down this pathway, you and I, we're going to discover some things. Maybe they'll be good, maybe not so good, but it's a pathway of self-discovery. And if we don't like it, we'll turn around and come back and get back on this path again. Uh, I'm looking for someone who's energetic, uh, who is ready for change. Mm -hmm. There you go. And uh, it sounds like a great bunch of work that you do, and you have a, a breadth of life experience to help people. Any final thoughts as we go out? Look in our, I, I, I think back on how I've gotten to where I am right now and who has inspired me, who has presented some things that I want to learn from, I want to apply. I think of those stories, things people have taught me. Uh, we are in some ways, an original product, but we're an original product because we're part of everything that has been applied into us. Our parents, mm -hmm. our friends, our teammates in sports, people that we've worked alongside, maybe those people that we just had a very uh, brief interaction with, kind of like uh, Eddie, the carnival worker, uh, in Mitch Album's book, The Five People You Meet in Heaven. I love that book, and I use it mm -hmm. uh, in a lot of coaching application. Who he interacted with, thinking he didn't make a difference, but he really did. Those intersections are uh, constructive. They're sacred. There you go. Uh, and, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, life is uh, long and big, and you just never know where it's going to lead. So give us your .com so people can find you on the interweb and get to know you better and reach out to work with you. I can be found at the com, and you can also get a hold of me uh, via email, kirk at com. That's my uh, email address. There you go. Well, this has been fun and interesting, Kirk. It's been wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you for coming by. My pleasure, Chris. Thank you for having me. There you go. Uh, and uh, thanks to our audience for tuning in. Remember, the Chris Voss Show is the family that loves you but doesn't judge you. So, you know, buy the shirt, whatever that means. Uh, go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss, YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Voss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Voss, and TikTok, uh, Chris Voss One. You see all the great stuff we're doing. Give us five star reviews over there on iTunes. We really appreciate that. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time. And that should have us out, Kirk.